Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Your Time with James Sweetman. Those few minutes where we take some time out to think and reflect and check in with ourselves. Uh, For those of you who tune in every week, you will remember that last week's episode was the first of a two-parter where I was sharing my 20 tips for happier living in 2020. And I went through the first 10. Um, I'm not going to recap on them here because you can easily click on last week's episode if you so wish. And I'll be sharing with you over the course of the next 20 minutes or so the uh, the second batch, the, the, the part two of it. Of course, I want to kick off by uh, thanking everyone who attended my annual flagship workshop SOAR that took place last Thursday night in the Westbury Hotel. It's interesting because I'm always a little bit nervous before that event. I don't know why, because I speak in front of audiences all the time, but I think it's because SOAR is an event that's very close to my own heart and it's one that I put a lot of time and energy into. It's one of the very few events that I run myself, whereas most of the time I'm invited in to speak in organisations. So this one is very personal and it almost feels like family when we're there. So I want to do the the best I can for people who've bought tickets to come and hear me. But as ever, there was terrific feedback and a great sense of positivity and even fun in the room. So for for many of you who I know listen every week, we're there. Uh, And a big thank you. I'm still sort of buzzing from it, I have to say. So as I say, this week's episode is about um, uh, that balance between mental and physical and soul health, as I call it. And last week I shared the first 10 tips, 10 things that I'm certainly personally leaning into in 2020. And this week's episode, I'll share the, uh, the remaining 10 with you. A little while ago, I read a book. I can't remember what the title of it was, but there was a scenario or an analogy in it which said that if you had the ability only to speak one word or to communicate one core message or to personify maybe one quality in your life, what would that be? And it was a very powerful analogy and it got me uh, thinking. And uh, the, the first thing that came to the surface for me is perhaps one of the lessons that I struggle with. Um, I'm someone like many people who like to feel in control or on top of things. And that's great when it comes to organizational skills and planning ahead and certainty and even confidence. But for me, that word was, and I think it's my life lesson this time around, is trust and That is the first little tip that I'm sharing with you today. So one of the things that I'm trying to do going into 2020 in a more purposeful way, and all of these points are about more purpose or more consciousness, is to lean into trust a little bit more frequently and a little bit more willingly almost. And for you know all the high achievers and goal setters out there, I think this is one that can be a challenge for us. Uh, when we're clear as to what it is we want to achieve and we take action towards it, there comes a point when you have to step back and trust that you have done your bit, you've given it your best shot. Otherwise, maybe obsessing about what might happen just adds to worry and stress. And in this analogy, we think of the farmer planting his crop. You know, he or she sows the seeds, removes the weeds, ensure the crops are watered. But of course, the farmer isn't the actual person who does the growing. A bigger force looks after that. And that requires a degree of trust. 
that's one way of looking at trust. The and, and that one's not too difficult for me, I have to say, the whole concept of co-creation that I would have spoken about before. But for me, uh, trust is the antidote to control. So when I'm not able to control things, the only thing that will fill the gap is to lean into trust more purposefully and to trust that things tend to work out, perhaps. Uh, it's interesting as well that, you know, the word confidence from the Latin confidus, meaning with faith, it sort of brings trust into the scenario as well with that like trust in myself and it's interesting because I do leadership workshops every so often and one of the modern traits of leadership is uh, uh, reactivity or being able to respond to circumstances that are outside of your control or that cannot be predicted and of course to be able to to do that requires a trust in ourselves you know a trust that when the shit hits the fan as it were that I will be able to respond and what was interesting for me was there's a similar theme that I discuss with uh, clients when I'm helping them prepare for interview and uh, a lot of candidates you know they're doing their best but they will often over prepare and the hidden downside of over preparation is that I won't be flexible and and maybe I'm over preparing and I'm trying to think of all of the different eventualities so that I can pre-plan for them. But of course, that diminishes the, the flexibility, the synergy of being in the moment. And when I relate that back to my own way of perhaps engaging with the world, whether it's a talk or a workshop or a client session, maybe I have a tendency to over plan. And the antidote to that is uh, is trust. And that's something that I'm leaning into more in 2020. So maybe my invitation for you on that one is, is how could you increase your trust quotient, as it were? What would life be like if you were just a little bit more trusting? My second tip for happier living in 2020 is related to the first one. But I think maybe for me, because that concept of trust is so broad, I had to break it in two. Uh, but the second one is, maybe from a trusting perspective, that maybe I can give people the benefit of the doubt more frequently or more openly. You know, most of us are in the habit of placing the worst meaning on events uh, and having the worst interpretation of other people's behaviour. Um, you know, none of us have the power to mind read. So maybe in 2020, we could give people, we could give others just perhaps a little bit more benefit of the doubt and realise that you know, each of us are doing our best in our own way. I'm a great fan of that Maya Angelou quote, you know, people do the, their best with the knowledge and the awareness and the resources at their disposal. And something else that's, that's relevant for me in this scenario too is that we are all more than perhaps a label that society would put on us. We're certainly more than, I don't know, a personality profile because maybe we've done Myers-Briggs or Belden or DISC or something and We've come out a certain way, but as humans, we're far more complex than that. We're far more complex than any societal stereotype as well. And maybe in our yeah, relationships with others, we can give people the benefit of the doubt and, and resist the temptation of labelling them, which I think narrows our perspective. So that's another point for, as I would see it, for happier living or for laying the foundation for how I want to engage with the world in 2020. The third tip might sound contradictory, uh, maybe it is, I don't know, but I'm a great fan of paradoxes and, you know, the tension between conflicting points, maybe. But for me, the, the third point and something else that I'm looking to lean into more purposely in 2020 is to um, is to forgive more frequently. Or sometimes, as I phrase it, you know, to forgive and maybe to forget. Um, 
there is no doubt all spiritual practices will say this all religions will say this uh, forgiveness is the greatest healing tool and so often we will go through life or work you know drinking the poison of anger and resentment in the hope that it will harm the other person whilst in reality it only really harms ourselves whilst others get on and do what they do even though we might be looking daggers at them um you know i will forgive others really because i simply just want to feel better myself ultimately it has nothing to do with them so from a self-protection perspective i may or may not forget another person's actions or comments uh, but life is too short not to forgive and that's an internal release so in in 2020 you know what can you forgive what can you release what can you let go of of course what do you need to forgive yourself for uh, which is always a question that's at the heart of self-compassion. I would have shared it before, but one of my favourite quotes is by the late American teacher and author, Jerry Jampolowski, where he says self-forgiveness is letting go of the hope that the past could have been any different. You know, if we argue with reality, we will suffer. Whereas we are where we are, how do we wish to, to move forward? Um, so point number three was forgive, maybe forget, but we're doing it for our own benefit. As I said at the outset, these 20 tips for happier living in 2020 that I'm sharing in last week's and this week's podcast episodes, they're really to do with mental health, as I would see it. I want to give equal balance to my mental health and physical health, and then even, you know, fueling my soul, some of that deeper stuff that comes into it as well, almost like mind, body, spirit, as it were. The next few points for me are now about some physical well-being. So tip number four, very simple one, and it's one that we can easily uh, sort out, which is drinking more water, you know, making the conscious effort to drink more water. You know, we all know that nearly 80% of our bodies is composed of water. So it sort of makes sense that maybe 80% of what we consume should be water or water-rich foods. One of the things that I found in the last little while is that if I have a headache, um, or sometimes cravings, um, even a, you know hunger, or I find myself reaching for something. Um, more often than not, it's an indication to me of being dehydrated. Um, certainly if I have a headache, one of the first things I will do is drink a pint or two of water. And it doesn't cure it all the time, but certainly more often than not, it relieves the symptoms of a headache. And you know we, of course, know things like coffee and tea and alcohol further dehydrate us. Um, more water keeps us alert, it keeps us energized, it keeps us healthier. Um, and of course, that's you know the foundation of life, as it were. So if I'm doing a few tips on, on happier or healthier living in 2020, drinking more water has to be in there. Now, I often think it's easier to do that when the weather is warm and in wintertime, cold water can be tricky. But of course, we can always make it slightly warmer. You know, warmer water with a little bit of lemon juice is something that I find you know, gets in the, the alkalization as well. And I always feel better afterwards. And sometimes that's just about forming a habit. So as part of my morning ritual, my morning routine, I make sure I start the day with a few glasses of water just to flush out the toxins from the body. It sort of works for me. And maybe it's something that we could we could do more purposely in 2020. For me, one of the, um, how would I say, big demands in the world right now across all spectrums is greater consciousness you know whether that's greater consciousness to do with decisions to do with the environment 
uh, to do with how we engage with others, uh, consciousness around some of the habits that we have, what serves us well, what's beyond their sell-by dates. And conscious eating is another one of those. I know when I'm at my best, and that's what these tips are really all about, setting me up to, to be my best in 2020. Um, it is about conscious eating and to be aware of the choices that I'm making in this area. One of the things that I've done for, and, and I do it every so often, but I'm certainly doing it again now at the start of the year, is to uh, is to go vegetarian for a day. Or not just to get into the habit of, you know, the meat and two veg options, as it were. And of course, I can't pronounce it, but there was what, January, where it was all about vegan January. I, I didn't go to that extreme, but I am choosing vegetarian options more purposefully, I have to say. And some of that is just habit. One of the other things I started to do at the start of the winter is, is make my own soups. Very simple, very easy. Look at the recipes on YouTube. Um, once you get into the habit of it, you realise not only is it so much more tasty, is it so much more nutritious because you know what's putting what's going into it. Um, so easy to do it in a batch and you put it into the freezer and you take it out each day as you, as you, as you need it. Um, I find it now very difficult to go back to shop-bought soups because I find them now too salty. It just shows you what's in them. Other little choices I'm making in this area. I did one today when I was in town and I was popping into a, a sandwich shop and rather than going for a sandwich with bread, um, which I find sometimes doesn't help with my digestion, I went for a vegetarian salad box instead. Or maybe somewhere in between, I'll go for a wrap as opposed to a sandwich. And they're little conscious choices that sort of make me feel proud about myself. But the main reason for doing it is I just feel better in myself afterwards. So I'm no nutritionist, but I am wise enough to pay attention to what fuels me in a good way and what is maybe just lazy choices here. And let me be a bit more conscious with it. So that's really the point I'm making on that one. So we're at the halfway point. If the last one was more conscious eating and I'm still looking at some physical well-being, well, the next one, tip number six, is around more conscious movement or simply to move more. Um, I came across a great phrase recently. It's that if you're not fit at, fit at 50, and I'll be 50 later in the year, if you're not fit at 50, you'll be done for at 60. And done for is the polite way of phrasing it. There was another way it was described. And uh, for me, that's a bit more conscious movement, as I say whether that's taking the stairs as opposed to a lift, you know, some of those old cliches, you know, or walking to the shops rather than taking the bus or, you know, um, uh, you know, jumping out of the cab sooner so that you can walk around the block rather than being chauffeured to the door and um, just opportunities to move more so that we don't seize up or rust up. And um, I found in the last six months or so because of um, health issues that I've had I haven't been able to do my beloved yoga as frequently as I would like or to go to the gym and thankfully I was able to freeze membership with the gym and I'm planning to get back on it this week as it happens and I'm sure that'll be the the subject of some more blog posts or podcasts or Instagram stories as I try to get back into that routine of fitness but I've been doing the best I can with what I was able to do over the last six months and part of my morning routine is what perhaps optimistically I would call yoga stretches, but there is a little bit of movement to the body in the morning, whether that's, you know, uh, twisting the wrists and the ankles or just something that gets the circulation going. And uh, whilst when I was younger, maybe I didn't have to do that as consciously, it is something that I'm making a, a purposeful effort to do. So maybe we can look for opportunities of, hey, can we just move more in 2020? Because so often we spend a lot of our time in boxes 
you know, whether it's the box of the house, the box of the office, the box of the car or the bus or the train. Of course, we all end up in boxes, but let's make sure we can, you know, stretch and move every so often. My next tip, uh, point number seven for me, might sound like an odd one because I read a lot as it is, but my, how would I say it, my my gift to myself for this year is to read more of what I enjoy reading. I found in the last four to five years, I drifted away from reading a little. Now, I was still reading loads, but I was spending more time online, um, uh, you know, looking at videos on YouTube, Netflix, all of these mobile devices. Whereas in the past, a lot of that time that I was spent viewing things had been spent reading things. And for me, there's no more great pleasure than holding a nice book in my hand, smelling it, hearing the pages turning. All of your book love, all of you book lovers out there will will know what I'm talking about, the touch and the feel and the tangible experience of reading a book. And whilst I can read books on my Kindle or on my iPad, in recent times I've drifted back into reading tangible books. And I enjoy browsing bookstores and I have a local bookstore that sources a lot of my books for me, etc. But in the last three to four months, I have been getting back into reading more and I've been reaching for a book as opposed to the iPad. And I've just felt better as a result of it. And uh, I did let drift my membership that I had for the guts of 20 years with the HBO or the Harvard Business Review. And that's something that this month now I have um, resubscribed to again because I particularly loved their articles around organisational psychology and leadership and it was a way of exposing me to the cutting edge thinking in those areas. And whilst I'm still going to follow the podcasts I listen to and the, the teachers that I enjoy hearing and seeing on, say, the likes of YouTube, um, I do want to get back into the, the more regular habit of reading that just brought me pleasure. And those of you who are interested in books in the same way as I am, you might recall a few uh, episodes ago, I shared with you some of my favourite reads from 2019. So I'm hoping that in 2020 that that might be a two-parter episode because I just have read more because it brings me pleasure and I and I enjoy the expansion of ideas and, and I enjoy reading widely and I just want to get back into reading more novels as well just for the pleasure of it so the that's the next tip for me anyway is to read more and maybe it's just staying open to learning which I think is also important some of these tips sort of balance each other out nicely if the last one was around reading more uh, tip number eight is some more journaling or writing more now as someone who's written five books um, a few other ebooks on top of that who writes the regular blogs, who writes for several different magazines. I'm well used to writing, but one of the things that I've drifted away from in the last two to three years is what we might call journaling. You know, just that freehand writing, getting stuff out of my head. As I often say, you know, writing things out, R-A-G-H-T, not just the W-R-I-T-E. And I've always found that exceptionally useful and beneficial in the past. And it's sort of a habit I've gotten out of. So I want to get back into it more in 2020 and sometimes that writing might lead to something an idea clarity insight sometimes it's just emptying my head as a way of de-stressing or moving away from overwhelm um, and it's often it's something that i also associate with me time 
you know, where I'm able to reflect perhaps on the things that are important to me or concerns that I have. It just gives me a different perspective on life. So the previous point was about reading more. This one here is about writing more, but writing from a place of creativity, of um, emptying my brain, of uh, listening to my own wisdom, as it were. Uh, tip number 19, so the penultimate one of my 20 tips, number nine for this week, number 19 overall, is to say yes more often. I don't know whether this is something to do with getting older, um, but, you know, I've no issue saying no. And sometimes I even get a perverse pleasure out of saying no, because I'm aware that I'm saying yes to a higher priority. But if what I'm really saying yes to is comfort zone and being stuck in the rut or, you know, uh, how would I say it? It's just being lazy some of the time. Well, maybe that's not right. Um, so when I have the opportunity in 2020, I'm just going to be a little bit more conscious around what I say yes to and what I say no to. Maybe yes to some more invitations that happen to come my way. Say yes to more adventures or opportunities, chances, just something that allows me to break up the routine and perhaps be a little bit more spontaneous. Because I'm not sure if that's something that happens to us just as we mature or age, where we don't quite go with the flow to the same extent as we did when we were younger. Maybe it's the responsibility of maturity and um, all of the different uh, actual responsibilities that we have. But one of the things that I want to do in 2020 is to say yes to more possibilities and opportunities and to uh, and to push comfort zone a little, which is ironic considering that that's a topic I frequently speak on. So I want to push my own comfort zone and re really do that by saying yes, wherein perhaps we would have said yet no. Um, I remember a little while ago reading a, a great book and I can't remember the, the author of it. I think he was a comedian where it was all about saying yes to life. And he was saying yes to everything that came to him, including those spam emails from someone, you know, who has inherited 200 million and they're looking for their bank, for your bank details to, to, um, uh, to give you the funds. We've all received them. He was even saying yes to those and pursued them a little. So I certainly won't be doing those sort of yeses, but there's other ones where, um, where I know that there's opportunity for, to, to lean into possibility and, and um and opportunity and maybe fun and adventure just a little more so a quick recap before i shared the final point with you uh, the first tip this week was trusting more which is one that's front and center for me i think it always will be um uh, trusting myself more trusting that life will work out an extension of that then was point number two where maybe i can give people the benefit of the doubt a little bit more frequently um, not to be so judgmental, in other words, because we're all more than one particular label. Uh, then there was the forgiveness point, where remembering that forgiveness is a self-healing exercise, we can forgive and maybe forget. Then there was the few on physical well-being, drinking more water, uh, eating more consciously, moving more consciously. Then I had point seven around reading more from a place of pleasure, from a place of creativity, from expanding my learning and knowledge. Uh, writing more then was the next one as a way of, of sort of clearing my head, journaling, writing things out in every sense of the word. And then there was the point around saying yes to opportunities as they come along, because it's easy to, to drift into the, uh, the anesthetic of comfort zone, as it were. The last little point, and for those of you who, are, uh, who tune in every week, uh, know that I nearly say this point every week, but it's one that, um, how would I say it? it's the antidote to everything. 
uh, and that's cultivating an attitude of gratitude. So can I end each day in 2020 um, with uh, an acknowledgement of what I'm grateful for over that day, whether that's something I'm writing down, whether I'm just doing it mentally, whether I'm dropping it into a gratitude uh, jar. It doesn't make, make any difference what it is or how big or how small the point is. It's like when I was chatting to a client only yesterday on this, um, I said it's not the fact that we're noting what it is we're grateful for, even though that's great. It's the very fact that we're contemplating the, the topic in the first place, you know, appreciating what is then the foundation for more to come. So I hope you found these few points of benefit. This week's episode combined with last week's episode has a total list of 20, 20 things for happier living in 2020. Um, they're all very personal. They're things that I'm putting more conscious effort into. And hopefully a few will resonate with you and maybe inspire you to, to try some of them out or to, uh, or to contemplate your own list of 20 best practices or 20 elements to a, to a ritual for yourself in, uh, for the year ahead. You know, I often think in this area, you know, personal development is probably my area of specialism and it's called personal development because it's personal to us. And as I say, those 20 points are, are personal to me. Uh, ultimately, of course, continuing with that theme, it's no one else's responsibility to make us happy, to make me happy. That starts with making the decision to be happy, making the decision to be the best of myself, because so often we will put acceptance ahead of our own happiness, you know, or avoidance of you know, the fear of what's ahead as opposed to seizing the moment, as it were. Um, you know, if, if I put my gratitude hat back on, you know, it is nice to record what we're grateful for at the end of the day, because that day will never come again. There might be days similar to it, but that day will never come again. So as we look at 2020 stretching out ahead of us, I hope these few points have maybe stimulated your own thinking so that you can you can grab 2020 with both hands, as it were. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you found this week's episode uh, useful, maybe even a little bit motivational or inspiring. And until next week. 